Welcome to Health System CIO's interview with Mauricio Angie, AVP and Chief Information Security Officer with the University of Miami Health System. I'm Anthony Guerra, founder and editor-in-chief. Mauricio, thanks for joining me. Thank you for inviting me, uh, Anthony. Great to be here. Very good. All right, Mauricio, can you tell me a little bit about your organization and your role? Yes, so uh, the university, I'm, I'm the CISO, uh, an enterprise CISO as, uh, for the University of Miami. And uh, the structure of the University of Miami is we have what we call the academy, or what we have is students coming into classes, the faculty, staff, the regular university. And then we have the health system comprised by the, um, the hospital, clinics, research is big at the University of Miami. And then we have, as I said before, the Miller School of Medicine, because it's the, the, the medical school. It, it is under the realm of the health system. So it, it's, a, it's a big university, but it's also a big uh, health system in, in the uh, Miami area, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm area. All right. Very good. Uh, top of mind for me, as I was getting ready for this interview, you had the hurricane uh, very recently. Adalia uh, was yes. the last one. Uh, it, uh, tell me about sort of um, a big a big area I've been covering is is business continuity, disaster recovery, that kind of thing. Obviously, you're in Miami. You had a hurricane recently. Um, this must be very top of mind for you, making sure you're resilient and can continue now. Uh, we can break that down as we have our discussion, and you can tell me if there's um, – obviously, hurricane is going to be under emergency preparedness, um, and then you're going to be working on the cyber side of that. Um, then you have a ransomware event, which is also under emergency management, which you would probably be heading up in a way, the recovery to a cyber event. So just tell me your thoughts there about – business continuity, disaster recovery, what the role is of the CISO in a hurricane-type situation versus what the role of the CISO is in a ransomware-type situation. Very good. Anthony, this is a question uh, I get asked frequently, believe it or not. Um, in, we live in South Florida. Every year from June 1st to November 30th uh, is hurricane season, and it ramps up between the late, late August to Late uh, September is when, when it's most uh, dangerous in the times and all these things that happen atmospherically. Um, we do have a, an emergency management system who really coordinates the, that, the, the hurricane side of the house. Patient care and patient safety is number one uh, for the University of Miami Health System. My role in this case is for, and you, and you said it right, so we have continuity of operations, business continuity plan. And we have disaster recoveries. And it, it, it's, it's uh, interesting enough that the emergency management uh, um, coordinators or um, the director of that area always includes the security team, the cybersecurity or the office of the CISO in every uh, testing. We test our plan annually. Uh, so the hurricane season is over. Emergency planning starts planning, testing, and lessons learned. In our role, as you said, during the hurricane, is, to, is everybody going to be able to work if we have no electricity, if we are impacted by internet? How do we get uh, the, the uh, workforce to take care, patient care, patient safety? And that's 
top of mind number one while we're in a hurricane mode. So different than ransomware, and I always tell the story is that a hurricane, you see it coming, it's coming, this is the path, get ready, the warnings goes on, and then it goes from critical to it's here or we missed it. At every single level, there's communication, there is, uh, do we have this? And, if, uh, and we're sensing it, right? So uh, as the news are saying it's coming and or, or where is it heading, we got to start preparing. So I'm preparing clinics, hospitals, laptops, uh, Office 365, you name it, or the event. A ransomware is different because you have no, like, it would have been nice if, uh, you know, bad actors tell us, hey, it's coming, it's, uh, it's, a, it's 24 hours out. We don't know this, so we got to be prepared. And as I said before, patient care, patient safety, number one, top of mind for everyone. I got, I am the one that when we do the tabletop exercises for cyber, I call the emergency management system because if this gets out of hand and we have no way of treating patients, how do we do this? And they have, they, they, we work together. So it's interesting because I've seen the more we prepare for the hurricanes and the more we provide guidance and the more we have the our security um, our SOPs, the better, the more we learn about our systems that may be vulnerable, that may don't may not have a, a, a backup or high availability. And it helped me in a ransomware situation because now I think, oh, that system that we saw, I intriguing, we didn't have this. I got to pay attention to that. How much, how critical is that system? So interesting you ask that question because I, you know, as we go to Idalia, I was asking if the bad guys come right after the storm or during the storm, two for two. I mean, so what do I need to do to secure it before it happens? It's interesting. Yes, it is. It's very interesting. And I'm especially interested in the relationship between emergency management, the overall arching emergency management for a health system and the CISO. So it sounds like for something like a hurricane, they are certainly going to be running that. They will bring you in as necessary, but but you're not leading that, right? They're no. bringing you in, but when it comes to a cyber event, essentially you you're right because you will be the main point person. But I would imagine they still have to lead it because there are many parts of a ransomware event. For example, the clinicians going onto paper. There are many many elements of that that you are not going to deal with. You are not going to make sure there's paper. You're not going to make sure the printer has ink. They have to do that. But yet you have to make sure they understand what a cyber event could look like. Is that correct? So it is so correct, and you got it so right that we have we run two command centers. When is the time that this cyber event becomes the it goes into the command center of the emergency management for them to you know live safety and continue operations? So as I'm dealing with the you know preventing, detecting, and recovery side, or actually preventing it is my my first one, and I report to the command center or the emergency management to see who's affected, how many computers were affected. Can they treat patients? And then it, they, we, the two commands in a different locations, we're communicating and it's a situational room at that time where they're talking to clinicians, they're talking to leadership, they're talking to Miami-Dade County operations just in case we need to move patients. And I'm talking to the three-letter agencies, to mm-hmm. our MSSB, to how do we recover? But it has to be in a very harmonious and succinct way 
because we, first of all, no panic. Second, continuity operations. And three, and most importantly, is very distinct. What, uh, what emergency management do to continue, to make sure continuity operations for patients and what we do, uh, in the, in the sense of cybersecurity. Very good point. It's, it's so interesting to me, this whole process. And this is not, this is not fantasy. This is reality. This it's happens. Not. So, and it this happens. is very important from everyone. This is very important that this is all thought out, that this is game plan, that, that this is scenario planning. Now, as the CISO, it's said all the time that your job is to communicate risk, especially to the people who will make decisions about what, what risk they want to accept, right? You are not deciding. You're not making those Absolutely decisions. Absolutely not. You're an advisor no. and you're communicating risk. So in a, in a, it's very interesting. In a ransomware scenario, I'm sure it could be a million different types of things happening. But as you said, you're communicating with the three-letter agencies, FBI, uh, CISA, and whoever yeah. else. Um, you're also communicating with your hospital leadership. And potentially at some point, a decision is being made of whether or not we need to shut down systems, right? Perhaps they, they've shut down because of the ransomware and they're frozen, or perhaps some other ones you're saying, you know, we need to take, we need to shut stuff down. You're trying to figure that out. You may have people from the FBI talking to you, advising you on what you might want to do, but ultimately it's you're communicating to your CEO and perhaps a committee trying to explain what you're hearing over here so they can make a decision because they're the ones that are ultimately going to make the decision, right? Shut it down. Correct. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about your thoughts about how that it's, could unfold. It's interesting also because uh, the CISO role has become more of a risk management for every organization. But in the health system, uh, we have a committee for risk management in which they take the word of the CISO very, very, you know, I have to participate Everything that we do in that committee is more about risk. In the terms of what you, you said it right, who makes the decision of when and what gets shut down or not, or what is the right time, leadership is looking to me, especially when a ransomware attack, to say how bad this is and is it is it the time? Is it time to pull the trigger? You know, the old days, pull the cord. That if that's the plan or or going to our backup side or calling whomever for DNS protection. They're looking for us to give them clear direction of what a situation is. So in, in that sense, we have, like I told you, that command center where it's communication at all levels in every single direction. And there is a, a clear channel communication of me with the CIO at all times working in, in, in all these direct reports for applications for clinical for and everything else right what is being affected so he at that level can talk to the the um, executive leaders on here is the current situation here is what the CISO and the other teams are reporting and here are the facts right mm -hmm. um sometimes we go and i personally go into the here my recommendations are this because of this or sometimes i just provide the data and let senior leadership Set the situation and say, okay, it is time. Let's make a decision. Is but they're looking to us because they're not IT people, and they're saying, hey, is this critical now? Do, do you think we need to pull the trigger now? Mm -hmm. like, pull the cord. 
emergency management is also on the other side saying, hey, we're affecting patients. Patients are being affected. We can't do this. We can't administer. We can see the chart. It's time to go on paper, like you said, the, the back of VCAs, activate VCAs. When is that time? That In that sense, the ma- management response system is working with the clinical teams to say, this is the time. It, we can't wait anymore. It's taking too long. It's too prolonged. Uh, we got to do something. And at that time, nothing to do with the CISO or the CIO. The, the, the medical team are going to take uh, that decision. So, but it has to be well orchestrated. And I want to make sure we understand that this is a plan that is tested annually. And it's like everybody said, it may not be perfect, doesn't have to be perfect. What lessons did you learn about it, Idia? You, you, you said the last hurricane that just hit it. And we take that serious. What did we learn? Were mm-hmm. we prepared? Did we, did who was monitoring the storm? And every year we go into, okay, team A, team B, who's going to be here, the families. It's well orchestrated. And I, I never worked in another organization where emergency management has this well oil machine where they ask the security teams, both physically, the physical security and the CISO, are we ready? Are we prepared? So it is good. It is, it's a good exercise. It, it just seems to me with what's going on, we see it left and right, incidents left and right, that you have to be ready for this. Because it's gonna it's gonna happen. You have to assume it's going to happen. And it's almost like a CISO is gonna be judged. You know, listen, if you've got all the preventative measures in place and good cyber hygiene and you're doing all that good stuff, it seems to me that the CISOs of the future are gonna be judged perhaps by how well their organization navigates a downtime. How well have you prepared your organization to get through it and come back? Because I think it's going to happen more and more. And what what do you think? I, I think it's you're right. I, I think under the leadership of the new CIO, my my CIO, I, I've been with this organization for a little bit over two and a half years. Um, the CIO has this mentality. You, you just said it. Um, the first thing is communication. Uh, we're being judged by how much communication, how quick do we uh, provide communication. Um, is the communication, you know, sometimes it's informative. Sometimes it's, it, hey, we're going to make this change. This, this is what the change means. Um, and it helps. Like uh, many times I talk to uh, end users or clinicians that, hey, you know what? We've improved so much because if, if our uh, EMR is going to be down, you're telling us from what time to what time. You're telling us what's going on. And we're being judged by that. Hey, sometimes people say, we never heard about this change. How come we never heard? Especially me, um, like at the CISO level, it's very hard, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. I was worried at the beginning of my, my, my tenure here. Do we have the right tools? Are the, the endpoints protected? Like hygiene, like you said. Mm-hmm. Then we went to this massive rollout of uh, firewalls and, and AI systems and then we went to monitoring. I sleep well night and I, and I, you know, can tell you that if my endpoints are good and my users are secure, my, my job now is looking at what threats are coming. What, what am I hearing about higher ed or healthcare that in the industry others are, are facing? Looking at threat reports. Mm-hmm. And so I am being judged by a timely 
uh, passing that information. Since that released this advisory, how long did it take me to process, review it, send communication out, and getting this issue fixed so we're not out there exposed? Mm-hmm. That's what I've been today. That's what, you know, it took me an hour or two, it took me five days. And that is the, the new, and you're, you're right in the sense of how we, it's communication, transparency, and being ahead of the game. You're saying you're you're being judged on how quickly you can digest new threat intelligence and sort of uh, change your defenses appropriately. How quickly Correct. can you respond and adjust when new intelligence comes out? Correct. And a lot, of, I've seen a lot of my peers. A lot of my peers is it sometimes that hey, did you see that this alert? What's this alert? And it's been three or four days, and I'm like, whoa. Hey, they made it easy for us. I, CETA and the FBI are very, very easy. Just subscribe. You get them daily as soon as they come out. So I have analysts that their job is threat intelligence from any, anywhere. And they're digesting and they know our system. They, we profile all our systems. If this comes out, does it apply to us? What versions do we hit? Talk to the administrator, get it done. How soon? How quickly? And communicate that. So yes, that's the process. Are you talking about rolling out patches? That type not of thing? Not just patches. No. Not Tell just me. patches. So so um CISA alerted us on there is a potential oh, move it is a very good example. The University of Miami doesn't use move it. Move it came, the move it advisory comes out. Hey, move it transfer, it's, it's it has been impacted. Don't know how bad it is. We didn't just sit down here and say, oh, we don't use Move It, so nothing to worry about. We went through a very stringent process of saying, it's Move It transfer. It's not just Move It, it's what product. We don't use it. Who do we transfer data? Give me a list of all the, the companies that we transfer data to. Now, reach out to those companies and find out what they use. We went through this assessment, and then the voila comes. I was comfortable as, as a risk manager say. We're in a good place because the University of Miami and the Academy do not use mobile transfer products. So we feel comfortable that the risk is, is low. Nevertheless, information started popping about all these organizations got hit and potentially we were sharing information with these companies. So our analysts now are taking the, the opposite choice. Who is reporting to us? What type of data? Not because we were breached, but mm-hmm. because data was exposed. So the, the speed and the velocity in, in which we are doing this at this day is amazing. I think all the CIS said, move it, transfer it, just announced this advisory, nothing to pack. Uh, you see, Anthony, nothing to pack. Did the assessment, did the analysis, list of applications, what is our exposure or the risk, communicated that, and we're, we were in a good place. Now, in other times, Oh, this came out. Oh, let me, let me see who uses that because we don't even know what applications we use. And I see peers and other organizations take a very laid back, mm-hmm. reactive approach. Mm-hmm. Here, what we do at the University of Miami Health System is proactive threat intelligence, communicate, discern, and, and, and see what, what is the impact. What is the impact? So ISS, it's not just patching. Patching is, I think if we're talking about patching, these days, people don't know what they're doing because <laughs> it, 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 it's another problem. But we, we got it. Critical patches for us is 24 hours, end of story. Let's move on. 
right? But we've been into this uh, space combined, uh, you know, our CIO and his senior leadership team, many years of expertise, seen it. But what we, we really need to do is innovative securities to, uh, 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 innovative approach to a security. Uh, where is our current security uh, stance or our proactive security, but enhancing it, strengthening it, and communicating That's so what's behind this. These threat intelligence briefings that you get when there's an alert uh, for something like Move It or remember, was it Log4J? Remember what was yeah. that called? So, Log4J, Move It. So, is it? So many, yeah. Are they, do they always have a, here are the steps you need to take? I mean, or is it sometimes, no. is it sometimes just, hey, here's what's going on. These, these bad guys are doing this. Good luck. FYI, good luck. <laughs> hey, so, so, so it's three types of advisors, which is great. Hey, we're hearing this in the dark web heads up. So they're telling us we're hearing noise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A company can hit, maybe you want to look at this. Uh-huh. No actions to take. Just So uh-huh. in my gut and how I am trained uh, is go do an, asset, an inventory of where is it, what ports are open, who's communicating. The second type of advisory is we have already uh, collected enough information that this move it or log4j has caused issues. And here are indicators of compromise that we can act upon and mm-hmm. go put them in your firewalls, go put it somewhere, indicators of compromise. And the third one is you must take action now. And here is Here's the patch or yeah. So three types, mm-hmm. very little, very high, medium. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that says take this action now, right? So mm-hmm. it all depends. A lot of with Log4J, if I remember correctly, a lot of people couldn't figure out if they had it. They didn't know. So that's why right. they talk about that software bill of materials, that S bomb. <laughs> so at least you know what you have. Do you have any thoughts around all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fine. This it, has been a journey. And uh, we, we, we have a good relationship locally and, and, you know, across the world with a lot of companies. So uh, as everybody started to try to figure out Log, uh, Log4J, uh, S bomb came the term like mm-hmm. people that didn't know what that was. Oh, okay. But what was interesting is other companies uh, and that we we work with uh, uh, software vendors had taken a lot of uh, you know maybe I'm maybe I'm saying something that is not but maybe AI related. How do we find it? Indicators of what is love for day? In a matter of two days, we had a vendor that had already given us scan this your network. These are the indications that you have it or not. And in two days, we had the full inventory. In a, in a, in a week, we were already patched, uh, eradicated, mm-hmm. closed. Mm-hmm. It is different, Anthony, where you are. It takes a while. It takes time to get to the level of maturity that we are today uh, in comparison with other systems. If the support is the, the right talent. I can tell you that much. The right analysts that mm-hmm. understand what we're looking for. So my job becomes, very easy on terms of risk. Just tell me how many systems are impacted. To tell me what the risk is and mm-hmm. tell me if it's a year or not, we're taking action. That way I can be better prepared to go knock at that door down the hall and say, we either have a problem that we're fixing it or we need to call the incident response right now in emergency management because it may affect um, our uh, patients. Very good. I want to talk a little bit more about the the CISO relationship with emergency management. 
what what would be your recommendation? What is your advice? What do you think is the CISO's responsibility? How far do they have to take that bull to make sure emergency management understands what a cyber event could look like? So, for example, you don't want to be so passive that you say, well, they haven't called me. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on over there. They're in charge of of emergency management. So when they call me, I'll go up and I'll explain to them what a cyber incident could look like. I don't imagine that's the best way to be. So you probably want to be somewhat proactive as a CISO and call a meeting. If you don't feel they're prepared or they haven't run through it with you, call a meeting, sit down, say, hey, I want to explain to you what this could look like. And let's say maybe you don't hear back from them for three weeks and you don't feel like the organization as a whole is ready for this. What is your, I mean, can you picture these scenarios and what's your advice for CISOs out there in terms of what is their responsibility? How far do they have to take this ball? Oh, wow. Um, good, good expertise. Um, I can tell you that sometimes it's, it's, it's the human factor is thinking, why is it he or she doing my job? Why is he or, or is she assessing it? Uh, I can tell you what works for the universal managed health system is, is being in tune. Our management, uh, emergency management uh, response system uh, department are very well known and very, very active in the community. They, they Miami-Dade County, uh, relies on the emergency management systems, uh, or emergency man management teams for the universal Miami. And when I said, why do I say Miami-Dade County? Because Usually in Miami-Dade County is FEMA, is Miami-Dade County, is, is the uh, anti-terrorism task force. It's all these people working together that if there's a cyber incident, sometimes, and more often than not, the emergency management uh, director will come and say, hey, did you hear about this? Are, are we okay? Do you need more information? Can I help? But when it's anything other than that, I'm going to tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. When it's a hurricane, I don't call the emergency management system and say, hey, there's a hurricane coming. Are you okay? I respect them. But it's about that. It's about keeping an, an open and honest channel of communications where you know what your role is and you know what the role of the emergency management uh, is. We have um, at least a quarterly meeting. What's going on? What's coming? Do you need me? We test the security. The emergency management leads the testing of the emergency management plans. And, and I, I, I say this greatly. This team takes care of testing, validating, getting all the stakeholders together, running to the scenarios. My job is easier because in, in the event of, and it hasn't happened, well, and it may might have happened once, I pick up the phone, I send teams, I send a message, and I call. We have a call. Call them. Here is what's happening. Let me give you an update. Here is the 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 uh, uh, the bridge call. Please join so you can hear everything everybody's saying to assess your your this. And sometimes the emergency management say, hey, the the plans are located here. This is what we need to do. This is what we're gonna do. Let me know when I need to to jump in. So you ask me, what do we have to do? We have to know who the emergency management team is. First, it's basics. We have to know 
the, the, the type of events that the emergency management is responsible for and carry out throughout the year for patient care and patient safety, continued of operations. You have to be part of that committee because, as I said, cyber or, or a hurricane. But you, as a CISO, you have to know that there is a point where your ransomware is no longer your ransomware, is now emergency management who takes over and that control, that control room is the, the ownership of the emergency management. So I just become one more feeder, but they run it, they playbooks are theirs and you just sit there to provide. So it's not you, it's not, it, and I, I got it, I'm very clear about this, patient care, emergency management systems. I just become a member of, of their, their team. That's so interesting. So there, it's almost like it's your ball at the beginning as the cyber incident is unfolding. It's your ball. And at some point when the when it escalates to a certain point, that ball gets passed to emergency management. Absolutely. I go in and remediate. I go and make sure that the systems are running. Emergency management is, is moving patients, is moving doctors, moving nurses. Is IVs, all these things that I have no idea what to do. Right. And I am cognizant. This is yours. Done. So right. and it's as a that, team effort. As that evolves, as the organization goes to paper and emergency management is making sure patients are being cared for and things are being recorded on paper, you're working with the CIO and perhaps the FBI and whoever else to clean up the systems and get them back online. That's the goal, I'm, right? I'm working with IT to clean up. Yeah. Uh, recover uh, efforts, uh, switching internet, uh, standing up firewalls, compliance and privacy, if there's any issues, mm -hmm. legal, mm -hmm. right? I'm working on the side of the house and the cleanup and backup, system backup, you know, to continue the business. And that is the support I brought. And I have to say, hey, IT is saying that it's going to take an hour for the server to be ready. Emergency management is have to say, Hey, you're working on paper. And so my role is clear. I, I'm so clear about my role that, um, it's, it's, it's amazing how we roll at the University of Miami Health System because emergency management has a role to play dependent on the cyber and IT folks. Mm -hmm. And they include us in every single one of their tests and communication. So it is a good partnership. That sounds really great and very, very like you guys are in very good shape. Um, I saw on your LinkedIn profile, I'm just going to keep you for another minute. I saw on yes. your LinkedIn profile that you are a board member for InfraGuard, which yes. is an organization I've seen on other uh, people's profiles. Um, member Happy to talk it's, about it. It's an FBI affiliated nonprofit organization dedicated to strengthening national security, community resilience. So very interesting. I interviewed John Regi the other day, who's with the American Hospital Association, actually former FBI agent, and he's uh, the head of cyber for uh, risk for the American Hospital Association, talked about the importance of establishing a relationship beforehand with the FBI. You want to tell us a little bit about InfraGuard and sure. a little bit about working with the FBI before you have an incident so you know people there and you're not starting from scratch. Correct. So InfraGuard came about as a public and private sector, um, uh, you know, uh, what is it, a group. Mm -hmm. uh, started in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1996. And then after that, every single field office of the FBI uh, thought the, it was a good idea, thought it was a good idea to have 
the private sector communicating with the, the public sector in very specific tasks. So the, in InfraGuard, the Members Alliance, um, as I was the president for South Korea for, for a few years and then member, it is the importance is, and people don't understand how important this is, it's better that you know your, your local FBI agents and cyber uh, squad when something is happening, they pick up the phone and they call you and say, hey, Mauricio, heads up. Or you can call and say, hey, I'm seeing something unusual. Could you, could you help me by today? It is this information sharing group. And as I said, oh, always said, hey, it's better if you know who Bob is at the FBI, your local FBI, than when the FBI from Washington starts calling the uh, legal department of compliance trying to get to the CISO. It's very important because it's information sharing. We have uh, an amazing threat intelligence, uh, every infrared does. We have a large group that communicate in, 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 uh, across the, the United States with different member alliances. We have an annual meeting to discuss what worked, what could be enhanced. But what is in it for the FBI is this. A lot of times people don't understand, hey, the government, we don't want to share data with them. It's the opposite. When they, when, when you share that information, you become part of that group. There are, um, profiles that are shared. If the FBI offers, Hey, can we go to your organization and do an assessment? Because when something hits you, we already know where the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything from a bomb threat to a, uh, a shooting or a cyber attack is better when they said, okay, I know the map. I know where they are. I know how we need to do this. And we, through the years, it's getting stronger and stronger. A lot of private sector companies are, are actually um, part of this group. Information sharing is free uh, for members that want to join. And it's also an interesting journey because as part of InfraGuard, the FBI shared with you data that otherwise you wouldn't. The, the FBI Academy for members of the InfraGuard, um, we do that at once a year. So you learn what, what they do. So. Interesting, interesting. So I, I, I keep on going because I, I'm firm believer of this alliance. So uh, a CISO, if you're a CISO of a health system, literally you would just call your local FBI office and say, hey, I'm the CISO of the health system in this area, and I just wanted to reach out and, okay. and, and establish a relationship. Like, what do you say? What are you, <laughs> what are you asking for? Like, when you hey. call Hey, uh, no. So you have a number to call. We have a membership card. We call them and say, Hey, you, who I am? Um, I from this company in this place, and I would like to talk to this agent. Mm -hmm. That's I did, or I call the agent myself and say, Hey, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that, or I heard, oh, but sometimes uh, the other day somebody called me and said uh, from the FBI, Do you know anybody at this hospital? I need to talk to them because there's something here that sure, let me give you the number. So that's the group. That's what the group does. That's the human the human factor we talked about, right? It's people, yeah. relationships. You can't get right. anything done if you can't have good relationships with people. Right. Inside your health system, outside your health system, you got to be able to talk to people. Right. All right, yeah. Mauricio, any, any final thought, final piece of advice for CISOs out there based on your experience, the success you've had in your career, final piece of advice for your colleagues? Listen, this is a journey, not a, a destination like everybody says. Uh, you have to understand the role changes and, and might, you know, uh, changes and, and mutates into different things. We forward network guys starting in a dark room 
to be thesis today is a is a business role is a is a, ma a risk manager so that's what it is so keep up the good work and be focused and understand that this is a different uh, threat landscape thank you anthony for having me here great great talk today mauricio thank you so much thank you anthony.